Hey, everybody, and welcome to the NFL Roadshow as we step into September and count down the days to kick off. Kind of a weird week in the NFL because we don't have any preseason games and we don't have any regular season games. We're just kind of stuck in an anticipatory limbo period. But I'm kind of glad because it meant that my guest this week had some time to come on the show and talk about his team, which just so happens to be one of my favorite teams headed into 2022. And not necessarily favorite in the traditional sense, like this is the team I'm picking to win the Super Bowl. I do like the Bills and Chargers and Bucks more in that category. But if we're running through a list of teams that I feel compelled to follow and cheer for, and potentially buy, and proudly wear their merch, then this team is definitely on that list. You guys have heard me say it a lot. I really think the Lions are building something. We saw it last year in the way they played, as hard as they did for Dan Campbell. We saw him cultivating that culture with his aggressive approach to game situations. According to Football Outsiders, he was the fourth most aggressive coach in 2021. I said at the time, and I believe it now, that the ways in which he constantly gave his team chances to make plays when other coaches would have punted or kicked, I think that sends a message to this kind of team that he believes in them. And when you're building something to be competitive, but you know you are not competitive yet. I think that generates a kind of loyalty and buy-in that is important in changing a culture. Remember, this is a team that could have had the number one overall pick in the draft if they'd lost their last game, but they went for it and they won and they let the chips fall. And I think with this team, That was 100% the right call. You're trying to build a culture. You can't muddy your message. Players are smart. They can tell when the pep talk is bullshit. They can tell when you're gassing them up. If you're going to tell them to fight, then you have to fight. You have to back up your words with actions. And I think that Dan Campbell did that last year. And I think that the investment that he made in them He will see a return on that investment this year. Now, can he be a better coach? Yes, I think some management type stuff could improve. I think that there were some changes on the coaching staff also, though, that could possibly help him in that department. But as far as wins and losses go, I think we're going to see more this year for a few reasons. One, the roster is better. They've hit on some of their draft picks, and that is invaluable. Number two, the schedule is easier. I went game by game earlier this summer on the radio show that I do on Sirius XM Fantasy, Fantasy Dirt, uh, and I'm not kidding you when I tell you, I think nine wins are possible. Vegas has them at six and a half wins, but let me rattle off some of their opponents. You tell me which of these teams they cannot beat. The Bears, they play them twice. The Seahawks, the Jets, the Giants, the Jags. The Commanders, that's seven winnable games by my count. They also play the Panthers. I think that one's winnable too. That would be eight. Then they play the Eagles. They could maybe win that one. Could they split with the Vikings? How about the Dolphins? How about the Patriots? I don't think I'm saying anything crazy here. Those are winnable games. Another reason I think that we will see improvement this year, they played five games last year that were decided by three points or less. They went one and four in those games. They were right there, and now they're a better team. I think they're going to surprise some people. And so does Jason Cabinda, who is their fullback and who appears to be cut from the same cloth as their coach. 
Dan Campbell's face just lights up when he talks about this guy. And in many ways, I think he represents the ethos of this team in Detroit right now, which is why I thought he would be a perfect person to come on this show to talk about the team. He's a guy who's had to grind for a spot in this league. He went undrafted out of Penn State where he played linebacker primarily. Uh, He was cut after his first camp with the Raiders in a high-profile way, by the way, as a heavily featured rookie on Hard Knocks, which he's obviously experiencing again this year, uh, the Hard Knocks, luckily not the release. But then he goes to Detroit, doesn't see a lot of opportunity for him at linebacker, so he switches sides, starts playing fullback. Now he's on a two-year, $4 million deal, the eighth-highest-paid player at his position, running through metaphorical and defensive walls for Campbell, and the rest of the former players who now coach there very energetically in Detroit. So obviously want to talk to him about the coaching staff. I would like to see if I sense the same kind of enthusiasm that I have about this season. And I also want to talk to him about the fullback position in general, because frankly, there aren't that many of them in the NFL. So what is that like? I think that you will find him engaging. And I welcome you to the bandwagon if you so choose to join it after hearing what he has to say. Rupping the Motor City, it is Jason Cabinda. Let's break the huddle. Hurry up, let's go! Two on, two on, two. Ready? Ready? Jason, thank you so much for making time. I know it's crazy. Training camp now wrapped up. Like now you're ready for getting ready for the regular season. How do things feel, look different in the building? Yeah, I mean, uh, this is definitely the most competitive roster we've had. Uh, well, by so much. I can't wait to talk yeah. to you about it, by the way. Yeah, without a doubt. Just from like a talent aspect. Um, obviously, these couple of days in the NFL for everybody, they're obviously really anxious, nervous time. Cuts are happening. You know, teams are making their final roster decisions down to 53. But, you know, we're feeling really good about who we got in the building. You know, Dan and and Brad have really done a good job uh, building this team and just really just getting the right guys, right character guys, guys who love the game, guys who play hard, guys who have grit, you know, all those things. Um, so I, I really feel like we're building it right. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for the season. I am so excited for uh, the Lions season as well. As somebody who has had no prior investment into the Lions these last couple of years, like you guys, you guys are winning me over and I just can't stop talking about uh, the Lions this offseason. It kind of feels a little bit like the whole world's been turned upside down. But I want to touch base with you real quick on something that you referenced there. And that is that we're talking right now on Tuesday, which is a cut down day. And I know that you tweeted earlier today about how tough this day is. Do you think that you are more sensitive to that because of the road that you have taken to get to where you are now with the lions? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. You know, I've been on both sides of it. So, you know, I I know how tough it is to get that call, you know, to come in, have to turn on your iPad, you know, you know, and and get that boot, you know, it's a really tough thing to deal with. You know, it's hard feeling like sometimes, you know, you're you're living life on on your, on eggshells really. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, you put your best foot forward. Um, at the end of the day, you concentrate on, on doing your best, just be the best player that you can be, whether it ends up being a player on that team or showing out in preseason and putting out that film so you can get on another roster. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, some of these decisions aren't even necessarily powered by you or how you play. Sometimes it comes down to another position or a position of need or whatever the case may be. And, you know, it's got to roll with the punches. Um, so, you know, I, I feel very blessed to, you know, be in a, a much better position now than I was in the, in the beginning of my career. And, 
you know, that's a, just a testament to the to the road that, that I've kind of been on, which is kind of very exotic and, and, and different than a lot of guys, you know, roads, you know, in this league, obviously switching sides of the ball and things of that nature. But, um, you know, I just try every day to just be the best player I can be, take advantage of whatever opportunity comes my way and, you know, kind of let God do the rest. You are part of a very small and special fraternity of people uh, for whom the world has kind of witnessed their cut down day. Yeah. Right. What do you remember about that part of your hard knocks experience with the Raiders? Um, it was tough. You know, I felt like I played my best ball up until that point. Um, I think which made it harder. Um, yeah. I, I felt like I was in a good place. I felt like I played well during the preseason, played well in the games, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you only ended up keeping, you know, four linebackers that year. And it's, it's tough when, when you're only, you know, keeping four or five linebackers in a four or three scheme is just, you know, it doesn't leave much room for a lot of guys. Um, and, you know, I ended up being one of those guys that got caught um, in that crossfire. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, that that's how God wanted it to play out. Obviously, um, you know, being here in Detroit, you know, I've, I've been able to really kick up my career. So I'm, I'm thankful, you know, at the time I didn't really understand why. And a lot of times you question things and you question yourself and, you know, sometimes that could that could drill into your confidence as a player and stuff like that. But, you know, you can't you can't let it you know, you got to just take it one day at a time, continue to get better, like I said, and and really just hope for the best and just keep grinding. Keep that. I mean, two things. One, the irony of the fact that they like effectively said that they were cutting you because of special teams. And then you turn around and like that's an area that you contributed to so much for the Lions while also carving out a different niche for yourself. And then two. Um, the thing that you said about things happening for a reason, I mean, you could not have ended up on a team that <laughs> was more specifically suited for your personality. It feels like it feels like you were lifted up, put in Detroit at exactly the right moment in time with exactly the right coach for you. I mean, Dan Campbell, Jason Cabinda, it feels like to me, you couldn't have created a better coach player duo for one another. Do you agree? Yeah, no, nah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, I absolutely love Coach Campbell, man. I think anytime you get a chance to play for a guy who has obviously played this this game at a high level and had a, had a great career, um, I, I, but just at the same time, he's just a player's coach. You know, he gets it. He's been in our shoes. He know what it's like. So I think, you know, anytime he, he opens his mouth and says something, I think there's just an extra level of detail you pay attention to when a guy like that's talking because he's done it. You know, he's been in your shoes. He's done it, and he's done it at a high level. So I think that's – you know, super important. Obviously, you know, we, we talk about grit all the time, you know, that determination factor, um, you know, outplaying guys, being, being, you know, playing harder than the other team, you know, all those kinds of things, you know, that Dan always refers to, you know, that's, that's always been in my DNA. It's always been the type of player I, I've been. And I've always played the game super physical and, you know, coach, I know coach Campbell feels like I play the game the right way. And I think uh, it, it ended up being a very good situation for me. That one scene where he's in front of the room uh, with all of his really awful metaphors. He needs to work on his metaphors, but they work, you know, in the context that he's presenting them, I suppose, where he's talking about treading water as long as it takes to bury you and going to a landfill and we'll fight you in a landfill and they cut away to your face. <laughs> I feel like you're like a meme now. Do people send that shot of your face to you? Yeah, I've been tagged in that meme various times. You know, social media was blowing up for a little while after that first uh, episode of Hard Knocks. But I mean, Coach Campbell gets me going, man. You know, when he gets to talking, 
you know, starts, you know, talking about going to war and, and playing games, and I, I get fired up, man. I, I mean, I've never had a coach that I've, I've really been so fired up to play for and to play well for and to win for. And I think we all, we all in the building feel that way about Coach Campbell. What is it? So when he came out, when he first got the job and he's talking about biting kneecaps and all that stuff, I'm like, oh my God, like this, it doesn't work for me. You know what I mean? But like, but then weirdly it kind of started working for me, you know, I'm watching the hard knock stuff and I'm, I'm also like getting fired up. I'm ready to run through a wall. Like none of it makes sense, but it, (laughs) it totally gets me fired up because it feels like it's so genuine and authentic to who he is. Do you think that that's really why it started? Also part of the reason it started working on me is because I noticed it was working on you guys. Like last year, watching the lions games, I almost forgot when I went back this year and I was looking at win loss record, I was like, they only won that many games because I felt yeah. like I bought in just like you guys did. I saw you guys playing so much harder. I felt like, and I hope that this isn't disrespectful. I felt like you guys were playing um, better than, than it felt like the roster was built at that point. Like you're yeah. in a roster building mode. You're getting there. You're not there yet, but it feels like you guys are scraping and clawing and you're going to fight for every single yard and you're going to fight for every single thing that you can possibly grab and hold on to. And I was like, there it's working there. I can see on the field that the way that he's approaching this is working on these guys. Oh yeah. And you know, the easiest way to describe that is, you know, simply buy-in, you know, we got all guys buying into buying into coach Campbell and what, you know, Brad Holmes is building here. You know, we talk about grit. We talk about fighting to the last second, you know, forget the score, forget what the score looks like, just play the next play. And, you know, that mindset is really a mindset that everybody's, you know, bought into and just everybody just goes so hard for Coach Campbell. Everybody just goes out there and just fights their ass off every play. You know, there's never a ounce of, you know, we got our heads down or, you know, what matter what the score looks like, you know, there's never none of that. And I think building that attitude, building that mindset is really important for a program or organization. And, you know, Dan's done a really good job of, of building and instilling that mindset in us. Is that about like, what makes that work versus, cause you know, watching hard knocks this year, there are some of the things that I see him saying that feel like, like when he's talking about, like, we're not going to be mediocre, you know, like the first time you touch that base and he did, um, actually it wasn't him. It was Aaron Glenn who stood up in front of the team and was like, we're going to get to a point where we step on the field and we expect to win that, that day every day. And we're going to get there. That's, that's what we're going to be this year. It, it, the more you talk, like, if you talk about it too much, it starts to feel like, um, shades of Jeff Fisher's none of this more, uh, what seven and nine bullshit, like what he said back there with the Rams. And then it turned around and it was more seven and nine bullshit that year. Like, what is it that you think actually makes that message hit? Is it the people in the room have to just be the right people where like, like you're a perfect example, like the grit speeches and all that stuff. I can see it. I can see it bringing everything to the surface in you. Like how, how do you, you know what I mean? Like sometimes everybody talks like that and it just doesn't, it doesn't land. And sometimes it does. Yeah. uh, And I think also just, you know, being an organization that, you know, for, for some time now, you know, hasn't lived up to what it could be, Um, you know, and I I think there just comes a time, you know, AG said it, you know, like you said, like drawing a lot, drawing a line in the sand and saying enough is enough. Um, and, and truly having the guys in the building who feel that way, that enough is enough and really having the type of coach that's going to bring that absolute best out of every single player. Um, you know, I've never 
I've, I've never had a year where I see so many guys staying after after practice, working their craft extra, staying in the weight room longer. Um, I, I think to me, it's about the commitment level. Um, and the commitment level is the highest that I've seen it since I've gotten here. And I think that's that's such a great thing from a buy in from guys staying extra longer into the playbooks, watching film longer. You know, just guys really trying to be out there and, and be in a place where nobody's letting their teammates down. Nobody's letting the guy to the left or the right of them down. Um, and, and just that pressure and that love for one each other, that chemistry. Uh, I think that's so important, that togetherness. Um, that this team has um, that that ability to look to your left and look to your right and be like, I trust that guy. I know he's going to put his he's going to absolutely fight his balls off for me. Absolutely. Every single snap. And he's going to get the same out of me. Um, Without being specific, have you been in situations before where that's not the case where you don't get that sense from the room? Um, to an extent. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, before Coach Campbell got here, I I, I didn't feel like there was absolute complete buy-in to, um, you know, Matty P and kind of what we were trying to build um, here while he was here, you know, and I, I, and that's what I, what I mean from that, like commitment level, it's, it's just different, you know, it's just different. And I think when you, like I said, when you have a guy like Dan, a guy who played and played at a high level, it just makes you want to play well for him. And all of your coaches too, you guys, one of the things that I've noticed from hard knocks is that, so many of your coaches are former players. I didn't realize that you had that many guys on and I your grew staff. up watching Deuce Staley. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was an Eagles fan growing up. So, you know, I started in the running back room, you know, when I um, moved to offense. And having Deuce Staley as my coach was like, what? You know, Antoine Randall L., Kelvin Shepard, uh, you know, AP. I mean, you have AG, too. You know, you have so many coaches who played. You know that they know what they're talking about. They've made it here. You know, it's not some guy who just, you know, knows a bunch of X and O's or a guy who, you know, just loves the game and decided to coach like, nah, these are guys who freaking strapped up, have gone to war, have played at a high level, who know exactly what they're talking about. And I think that just makes it a lot different. Deuce Staley uh, can be tough on you guys. Oh, yeah. He brings it out of you. And I think the best thing about, you know, Deuce is like he loves this game so much. It's like he. He's still playing the game vicariously through us. When Swift goes out there or Jamal goes out there or I go out there and I make a play or we make a play, like Deuce feels like he made that play. He's on the sideline feeling like he was out there making that play. And I think the fact that he, you know, relentlessly brings that energy day in and day out, like that's who he is. And it's so, so genuine. I think that that's really, you know, what brings the best out in us is, is that energy that he brings because, Man, he just, he loves his game. He's so passionate about this game. And he's so passionate about making us play to our potential and bringing the absolute best out of us and making us the best players that we can be. And we see it. DeAndre's face when Staley's talking to him all through hard knocks. Just <laughs> like, he just looks like he's just soaking up every single uh, word. And uh, I'm going to be looking for him to go inside on every single play. No, oh, yeah. that, that's what oh, hard knocks does, right? Yeah. Like it can sometimes be a little bit too revealing. <laughs> Maybe the defense will be looking for him to go inside right. on every single play. Uh, but you know what? It's funny because this is a team we've talked a lot about the grit. I don't want the talent to get lost uh, because that's one of the other things is the like I talked about the team build and I like the way that the, the roster is being built. Brad Holmes has added so many pieces year by year. Like I think you guys have a legitimately talented team this yeah. year 
You know, like it's not just a bunch of guys out there scrapping like or anything like that anymore. I think at this point you look at these pieces and I'm like, I could make an argument. I work in the fantasy space for a good portion of the season. And I'm like, there's so many guys that you want to pick up. Like that says something. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, like I said earlier, they're they're just building it right from a character aspect, from a talent aspect, you know, you're bringing guys who want it. You're bringing guys who genuinely love this game, who aren't, who aren't playing just for the money. You're bringing in guys who are playing the game because they want to be the absolute best player they can be. And when you have, you know, a bunch of like-minded guys who are all on the same page, all working towards the same goal, all rowing the boat in the same direction, that makes it a lot easier uh, to win. So you play a position that I think is one that a lot of football fans don't thoroughly understand. Do you, yeah. you think that that's true? Yeah, to a degree. Uh, um, you know, I, I think there are also, you know, fullbacks in the league now who are kind of, you know, revolutionizing the position to a degree. You know, we're like the fullbacks that are just blocking, who are just blocking guys, mm-hmm. you know, can't really catch, can't really run. Now you're seeing a whole lot more athleticism at the position. Um, you know, you're seeing guys like, like Kyle Justice, you're seeing guys like Keith Smith, guys who aren't just boomers but guys who can catch make guy make a guy miss you know and when you have that on your offense you know that can be a weapon and, and, and you know guys like cj ham you know and and you know you could just tell that you know coach campbell and, and brad see me as that same type of guy as a guy who can be a weapon uh, on our offense they call you a super back yeah <laughs> i think that name got uh like trademarked like last year the, the super back uh nickname <laughs> what, what was that transition like for you because I know you kind of ended up there as a matter of necessity. You had running back experience, had played both ways in high school or primarily, you know, linebacker at Penn State did very well. Um, so what was that like for you? And how did that even come up? Your switch to fullback? Yeah, um, I mean, it was what my so my second year here, third in the league. We're about two and a half weeks into training camp. Um and, you know, obviously I'm playing linebacker. I'm on defense still. You know, they had brought in a few Patriots guys, brought in Jamie Collins, paid him. Um, you know, I, I didn't have a whole lot of opportunities during that training camp. And I remember making you making a few plays and kind of joking around with our running backs coach at the time, Coach Caskey, and just being like, man, y'all need some more dogs on your, on your side of the ball or whatever. And a couple of days later, he, he came up to me and, you know, Nick Bottom was our fullback at the time. He was like, hey. He's like, well, why don't you come over here and get a couple of snaps? I'm like, I, I'll, I'm, I'm up for whatever, you know, because at the time, Nick was like a little bit not too healthy. Um, you know, we're a little bit worried about his health kind of going into the season. So I said, OK, you know, I'll come over and, and, and play some. And that very next practice, I ended up strapping up on offense, you know, made a few plays, boomed a couple of our linebackers. And we're like, OK, we might we might have something here, you know, and I think I just brought that that toughness from the linebacker position and, and kind of brought it to the fullback position. and. Um, you know, there there aren't a lot of guys who can match my intensity and, and and match, you know, the way that I hit and that, that boom that I come with. And, you know, they really liked what they saw and they're like, Oh, I think we, we might, we might have something here. And, you know, obviously fast forward to the season, ended up, you know, beating Nick out at the fullback position. And I I made it work, you know, Uh, I think playing defense helped me a bit as well, just because like, I just had looking at the defense, I have a better idea of what the linebackers, what the defense is trying to do and, and things of that nature, you know, predicting and being able to anticipate faster and play faster. Um, just having that, you know, prior defensive knowledge, I think that helped me a lot as well. But, you know, I was raw my first year, you know, I've, uh, obviously that offseason, I've still been 
training as a linebacker, all my offseason drills are still as a linebacker. So from a running route, you know, catching balls, all those things, I was still raw. And then, you know, going into my first year with Coach Campbell, when they got here, my second year on offense, you know, I'd had an entire offseason of really doing drills as a running back, as a fullback, blocking, catching, running routes, all those things. And I felt a lot smoother. I felt a lot more um, comfortable. And that's when, you know, I kind of, you know, jumped out to Dan and Brad, like, okay, this guy isn't just, you know, he ain't just a guy who's made a transition. He, he's athletic. He can catch. He can do some things. And I think that's really where it, where it kind of took off from there. Do you watch when you're watching other NFL games casually or football games in general, do you now like zero in on if there's a fullback in, are you looking for the fullback on every play? Yeah. I mean, when there's fullbacks in, I, I always, you know, look at those, those kinds of things, especially I specifically like to watch, you know, Kyle Jessics. I like watching Keith Smith. Um, those are probably the first two guys who I requested you know, film from when I first made the switch, just because like I wanted to pick up on some things. I wanted to see different looks, see how these guys played it, that kind of stuff. You know, CJ Ham as well from the Vikings. Um, but yeah, I definitely look at those guys, see how they're approaching their blocks and all those kinds of things. But um, I mean, I enjoy the game. I've always watched all aspects of the game. I've always thought that, you know, football is one of those things where, you know, you when you watch a certain play, like there's always a chance that you can be in that same position as that guy. So there's always things you could be learning on film from other guys doing certain things. And I think uh, um, that's really the beauty of the game because sometimes you'll be in the film room and coach, you know, your coach may be coaching up a certain guy on, on a certain play. And like, you may not have been there. You may not have been doing what he was doing, but there's a possibility you may be in that position and whatever that coaching point is, it, it can really apply to you as well. And I always try to take that approach. Is it hard to find tape to watch a fullbacks? I mean, it is notable that you keep mentioning like the same three guys, like, and yeah. if you, if you ask somebody off the street, maybe outside Detroit, they'd be like, um, Kyle, use check. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I mean, obviously, I mean, what, there's probably only maybe what, 17 teams, maybe 18 teams that even carry a fullback, let alone use them on offense. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, personally, I only think there's a, there's a small handful of guys who are, who are really good. Um, I, I think a lot of the guy, the rest of the guys are for the most part, kind of just guys are really just blockers primarily. Um, but I like to see those guys who are more athletic, who are doing more in the past game and, you know, you know, those kinds of things. And those are really the only three I, I feel really, really do that or set that uh, example. We haven't seen you that much on hard knocks. Not enough. Is that, <laughs> is that because they've already featured you on hard knocks? And so they're like looking for different guys or like, are we going to see a little bit more? of you. I know that you're rehabbing an ankle injury, so that might be part of the reason. Yeah, that's really the biggest reason. I, I, I've just been down a little bit. Um, so, you know, obviously rehabbing, coming back, uh, but I'll be ready to go when the season comes around. I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm fired up. Um, I mean, hard knocks is, a, is the least of my concern right now. I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to help these guys, you know, do my part to, to prepare for Philly and, and week one. And so we can start the season off right with a win. So you won't be there week one, though, right? Now I'm on pup list. So for, so week five, we're looking, we're looking at you for week five. Yep. Are we looking at you for week five? Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Declaratively. Yeah. Yay. Good. All yeah. right, Jason, I really, really appreciate you making time to talk about uh, one of my favorite teams going into 2022. And it's, it's good to hear that I'm barking up the right tree. Absolutely. I feel I feel like I energy is right. The building is right. We're rowing the boat in the same direction. Guys are locked in. I'm, 
I'm excited for what we're going to do. Then we're going to surprise a lot of people this year. Okay. From a fantasy standpoint, nobody else is listening. Who do I need to make sure I have on my team? Um, if there's one guy I'd have to pick out, I'd, I'd probably give it to St. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably give it to St. Brown. He's looked, he looked really, really good going to his year two. I think he's going to make a big jump. I mean, obviously he came on strong, you know, at the end of the year, probably the last seven, eight games, but you know, I think he's going to make a big jump this year. I think he's going to be really, really valuable for us on offense. He was so heavily targeted at the end of the year. I know some people are kind of saying like, yeah, but there are so many other, uh, you know, wide receiver weapons and that will make it harder for Goff to like zero in on him. And so he won't get the ball as much. I was like, why? He was so good. I would try to throw him the ball every single time until somebody else made me throw them the ball. Right. I mean, he he's he's super shorthanded. I mean, he's got great hands. He, he runs really excellent routes. Um, uh, I mean. I mean, his approach to the game, his approach to every practice, he practices like it's the game. I mean, he's just one of those guys that, you know, does everything right. And and, and for me, all the guys that I've always known who do everything right, who you really practice every single day with intent and with purpose and and, and play like it's a game at all times. I mean, they always do well. So he, he's definitely going to be one of those guys. Okay, last question for you as a fullback, like the perfect highlight right? Like if we were to isolate, like if we were all in the stands, zeroed in on the things that actually matter to you, right? And we treated like, you know, the highlights are always like, oh, a flashy one-handed catch or like a touchdown play or a really hard tackle or something like that. If, if we were smart football fans who knew what to look for at the fullback position, what is your perfect highlight that we should be looking for to celebrate? Um, I mean, I think that's the coolest thing about fullback is the fact that we do multiple things. You know, we run, we block, we catch. So, I mean, it could be a fullback dive for a big gain. You know, you've seen a bunch of those, you know, last year. Uh, you know, I hurdled a guy on a fullback dive last year against uh, Cleveland. You know, it could be the big block and absolutely demolishing a guy and putting him into the ground and getting a pancake. Or it could be, you know, bluffing a guy and slipping into the flat, catching a ball and, and scoring a touchdown. So uh, I think that's the coolest part about the fullback position is there's so many different ways you can be involved uh, um, in the game. So any of those three scenarios would be a, a great highlight for fullback. Jason, can't wait to see it. Week five, we'll be looking for you and we'll be watching the Lions straight out of the gate, ready to, to make a run. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you guys. Thanks for having me. For more from Jason, you can follow him on Twitter and Instagram at Jason Cabinda. His name is his handle in both places. Big fantasy draft week. I had a super flex draft on Monday. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't know it was super flex until the team with the first pick took Josh Allen. You know, lots of drafts. Things kind of slip through the cracks. Anyway, I had the 12th pick, so I had plenty of time to adjust mentally. Uh, in regular drafts, I really love drafting at the turn with the 12th pick because I'm guaranteed two great running backs, which is how I like to start my build. In this format, though, oof, 12 is tough. Because the top tier of quarterbacks are all gone and you're looking at really good players at every other position that fall down the board. So it becomes a battle of value versus strategic discipline. And I chose the former and it bit me in the ass. I went with Jamar Chase at 12 and started round two with Dalvin Cook. So I've got a very good wide receiver and a very good PPR, by the way, running back. And I am full on gambling 
that Rodgers or Carr or Stafford will fall to me at the end of the third, and I can scoop up Tua also as my super flex quarterback. Well, in this draft, that did not happen. All of those quarterbacks, save for Tua, were gone by the time that it came to me. So now I'm starting in a super flex fantasy league at the quarterback position, Tua Tungavailoa and Jameis Winston, who I picked up much later in the draft. And then I also picked up Kenny Pickett later, kind of a fingers crossed situation that he turns out to be the quarterback that the Steelers are hoping that he will be. And considering the number of weapons that they have there, that if he does eventually start for the Steelers and he does play well, that there might be some fantasy upside. Uh, Meanwhile, next day, I host a draft on Sirius, also super flex, where the quarterbacks available at the end of the third where I was picking were Stafford, Carr, Lance, Cousins, and Tua. (laughs) So I guess this is to say that all drafts are different, And you need to play the board the way it looks like it's falling, which I did not. And also, this is to say that all of us have bad drafts that we would like to do over. Some interesting developments this week, I think, in the fantasy department. Sony Michelle signing with the Chargers after getting cut by the Dolphins. Not so worried that it's going to affect Eckler, who I have tons of shares of, by the way. I really like him, like, as high as two in drafts. Uh, Though it could affect Eckler maybe in red zone situations, but I am thinking that all of the people that drafted Isaiah Spiller might be regretting that pick right now. Damien Pierce is looking like a very good pick, though. Marlon Mack released this week and signed to the practice squad in Houston, a sure sign that Pierce has won that job outright and will see a ton of volume. Brian Robinson, such an awful story this week, shot in the leg during a carjacking. He was back at the facility later in the week dropping off cookies for the veterans, so that's a great sign that it's not too bad, but he is on crutches for now, and who knows when he'll be available to get on the field, and I was starting to think that we were going to see a lot of him out of the gate. Maybe we still will. I certainly hope so for his sake. All right, that is going to do it for today. The NFL Roadshow is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. Andrew Emmer is, as always, our outstanding producer. Big thanks to him, as always. If you enjoyed the episode and you want to hear more, please give us a five-star rating and leave a review. It helps other people find the podcast. It helps you to find the podcast in the future if you subscribe wherever you stream your podcasts. I love getting your feedback. Also, if there's anything you want to tell me about this week's episode, your reaction to the Lions, are you on board? Are you out? Um, How great was Jason Cabinda? Hit me up on Twitter at Lindsay underscore Rhodes. Lindsay Rhodes NFL is my handle on Instagram. And we will be back next week with more. You guys, it's game week next week. When we reconvene here next week, there will be a game actually the same day that the podcast comes out. So that's a thing. Let's go. Have a good weekend. Serious XM Podcasts.